When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince McCoco. And Presley Meyer. That's right, folks. Welcome into the Pink From the Pink Seats Podcast, a part of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. My name is Presley Meyer. As you can tell, Jacob Blaine not in this evening. However, we do have our mainstays, Matt McGavick and Vince Lococo. Boys, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty good. You know, had to uh, get my softball swings in. And I know I, I, I heard y'all talking shit of the last the last episode. And I just I just had to let y'all know we took on the top team in the league yesterday. And you know what? We fucking walked them off. So y'all take that and shove you it. You went over, didn't you? No, I went two for I went one for two. Was it the Grinch knees? <laughs> Have you been a participant in a run rule like on, on the bad side of, of getting run ruled in softball? The very first game I played in this league. Yeah, we uh we got run rolled in like four innings. <laughs> mm, it was uh, brutal. was not good. <laughs> I can say uh I, I I have to admit that I have struck out looking in softball before. No. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So in softball, they give I you. Know, I played. They they give you basically two pitches to hit, uh, and and the first one was like at eye level when it passed me, and they called it a strike. And the second one was even higher, and I was like, "There's no way he's calling this," and he called it a strike. So I was like, "All right, I guess that was that. I guess the ump wanted to go home. Whatever it was." Vince, we're making it, making it by tonight, making it through. Oh yeah, we're getting through it. Getting through the night. It's it's hate week on the podcast. <laughs> I know Matt's going to be cheering on the the old Blue Devils, and you know no, I, I've been really looking forward to this episode just because of your uh, feelings towards the uh, the the Blue Devils. I my feelings have strengthened after this past weekend, like for sure. And <laughs> really, my, can we can we explain why? I mean, they're, if their quarterback's not going to play, then I mean, I like our odds significantly yeah, I mean, more. I mean, it had nothing to do with the fact that they played the a top five team in their place. <laughs> Ain't nobody worried about Jordan Travis, Bruh. Oh. <laughs> I can't even. Bruh. Say Here we go. I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I think we beat Florida State, so I'm not that worried about it. Oh God. Okay, no so Vince, you were you were around Jordan Travis. Did you ever see him being the level of player that he is? Oh, 100%. Like, you could have asked most of the guys 
who were around back then, just fundamentally, uh, composure-wise, um, you know, he has that quarterback personality for sure. The the it factor, as people like to say, uh, that can go out there and win you a game. He's a pretty tough kid too. So, I mean, there, there'd be a lot of guys back then. I mean, we I remember sitting outside at the retreat where, you know, he's told everybody he's going to transfer and stuff and everybody is trying to be like, man, like Coach P got fired though, like – just hold out for one more week. Hold out for one more week because I think he transferred like two weeks before Petrino was fired. Yeah, he transferred in the middle of the season. I remember that. Yeah, so we were all trying to be like, man, just hold on for a little while longer. We'll get a new coach. And, you know, I guess transferring to Florida State's worked out pretty well for him. Do you think that that 2018 season is more salvageable if Jordan Travis takes over as the quarterback earlier? I don't know. I don't know because I think he was in like a weird situation where, I mean, he's a young kid and, Nobody to really learn under. I mean, Puma, it's hard to follow in the footsteps of Lamar Jackson. So I just yeah. feel like whoever's, yeah, whoever's, everybody was kind of screwed from the get-go on that. And Lamar's first season. Oh, yeah. They yeah. had they had Kyle Bolin and they had Reggie Bonifin. And so it was kind of hard to foresee Lamar breaking through with those other two players on the roster. And it felt similar with Jordan Travis with uh, Malik Cunningham and Puma Pass. So ultimately ended up being Malik for like six years, but it's crazy to think about all the, well, it would not have been Jordan Travis for six years. It would have been Jordan Travis for like three and a half or four right. years. Like he right. definitely yeah. So it's off. crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that Jordan Travis is still in college and this is still going on because he literally played for Bobby Petrino in that 2018 season. He was on. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Jordan Travis were on the same football team at one point. That's that's wild. Pretty crazy <laughs> to think about because you're just like a grown man, like living your own life, you know, well, in your own house, you know, like just they're, they're all doing the the Joe Burrow, like take my last year and, you know, take online walking for and basically be a <laughs> professional quarterback for the whole year. So yeah. I kind of like that method. Once Joe Burrow explained, he's like, I basically don't go to class and just live in the film room. That's why he had that phenomenal year. Wow, we should do that with every quarterback. Yep, yeah, yep. Well, before we get too much into the weeds, we got a lot that we want to get into before we even get into Louisville football. But as always, from the Pink Seas podcast, brought to you by Kern's Corner, home of the best chili in the city, not made by Matt McGavick. Uh, <laughs> also brought to you by uh, Bitly slash State of Louisville. Make sure you go to bitly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash State of Louisville. Uh for all of your best bets uh, and stay tuned for later in the show, because we are going to give away some tickets from listener Keith shout out listener Keith. He messaged us said that he's, he wants to make sure that some tickets get into the hands of a fan. That's really wanting to go to Louisville Duke. And so we had, I believe 42 of you guys actually said that you want to participate and responded. So we're going to draw that. Later in the show, so make sure you guys stay. Yeah, tuned. sorry guys, Keith just gave me the tickets. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> competition hey, game. We don't, we don't. Thank you for actually. I won't be able to go. We'll start the show off with that. I won't be able to go to the game. This weekend. What's going on? My sister has her senior night at Bellman. Oh yeah, okay. Bellman, that, be that trumps that. That makes game. sense. Yes, one hundred percent. So we are excited to go watch that and watch her one last time in Knights Hall. Wow. Wow. And she's like broken some records, I believe. Like she's, she is, I believe my dad will text me like if I got this wrong, but I believe she's (laughs) 
Division one leader in digs uh, by default because she was like the first uh, first division one recruiting class that Bellarmine had uh, for volleyball. So she's obviously had more of an opportunity in the division one room to get more digs. But uh, I think she's top five in the school when you count just in general. I mean, she's a dog. She's way better. I'm just glad she's made it through these four years relatively healthy, unlike myself. You know, I guess the Lord said we're going to give her all injury 99 and we're going to make you injury 50. So (laughs) that honestly, that kind of makes sense. And that's what happens. Like there's always the one sibling that's just constantly getting hurt. So that just happened to be you then. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I couldn't get one year, though. Just like one healthy year. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so we're coming off a bye week. What did you guys do this week? Did you guys get in more football than usual, or did you just kind of, I don't know. What, what how, I how, did this, how did this past weekend go for you guys? I tailgated for volleyball, which was pretty fun. Sat out. How many people part, partook in, in this tailgating for volleyball? Uh, basically the entirety of the Bellarmine parents and some other, you know, people. But, I mean, we had, we had the TV on the back of the truck, you know, rigged up all redneck style. My truck was running TV and. You know, we had some had the smoker out there. It's a good time. That's amazing. I never even knew that that was a thing. Only in Louisville. Only in Louisville is that a thing. So yeah, no kidding. The kicker with these volleyball games is they started selling beer this past year. Really? Yeah. So people are starting to order drinks and stuff, and it's funny. I mean, I always yell at the refs and everybody, but uh, like people will get a little bit. Loose of a mouth at yelling at the refs and everything. And it's, it's just funny. Cause you can, I mean, That's, it's, it's not like it's the yum center and sold out crowd. You can definitely hear. Oh yeah. Somebody is like saying something. I was heckling the other coach the other day. I was like, yeah, way to burn one coach. I said, so you burn timeout right there. Nice. and easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Honestly, like some of the, I bet you some of the hardest environments to play in are when there's like 20 rambunctious people in a crowd of 200 versus like 200 rambunctious people in a crowd of 20,000, you know, like that, that's all it really takes. So maybe that's what we should do. We should start crashing uh Bellarmine volleyball games. Let's go to some Spalding basketball games, paint up. Um, <laughs> we can stand in, in Spalding's odd, oddly structured gym. Basketball games. Old Jerry Eves can get us in. Yeah, there you go. We could go to oh, some, go. some yeah. Simmons college games. So there you go. A little HBCU action. Uh, Okay, so we're getting to Halloween week. We're just going to do like a little round table here. Do's and don'ts of Halloween candy. Give me your the number one Halloween candy that you're just you were immediately giving to your dad or mom, and then maybe top three Halloween candies. What you guys got? I mean, don't be the person who wants to be unique. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to give out candy. I'm going to give out like apple slices or Ooh. something else. Like, no, like the the kids came for candy. Give the kids what they want. They want exactly. candy. If you're not doing candy, if it's something besides candy, it's got to be money. That's the only. And I don't know if you guys have ever been. Am I too old to be trick or treating? Yeah, right. No, it's just let me get a dollar. Yeah. Now, there's some neighborhoods where people just give out like one dollar bills instead of candy. So what? Yeah. yeah. Where? Yeah. There. I remember there's a house growing up. I don't. I can't imagine that the people are still around. But it was just what an old man that? that would just sit out there with this you know maybe like a hundred one dollar bills and you know little oh johnny comes and just gives him a dollar a halloween do is if you are gonna give out candy 
you know, don't skimp and get the baby candy bars. Go full king size. Be that house. Like nobody, like the, the I can still to this day driving stone legs where we used to go trick or treating with my right. grandparents right. and point at that house that gave yeah. up king size. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's I've like, taken some and that's what you do legs. it for. That's yeah. what you do it for. Ab- absolutely. And I mean, here's the thing though, Vince. Like we're getting back into candy's expensive now, man. Like if you go to the store now and get one of those variety packs from say Walmart or Aldi or uh, Kroger, one of those, you're gonna it's gonna run you about eighteen to twenty two bucks probably for a for a solid size bag of candy. Uh, now, if you're a, a cool person, a cool dad, cool mom, whatever, cool house that everybody wants to go to in the year two thousand twenty three of our Lord, uh, you're gonna be giving out those Feastables candies. Do you guys know what that is? Never that's, even heard of that. That's the uh, Mr. Beast candy bars. Oh, make, Mr. Beast makes these. He made these special Halloween fun size Mr. Beast candies. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a house out there somewhere that's giving away little bottles of prime. No, I knew Mr. And, Beast was a weirdo when I saw him show up at a Buccaneers game. And I was just about to say, did you see him yeah, leave was, the Bucks out this past <laughs> weekend? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. dude. How do you not like Mr. Beast, though? Mr. Peanut Beast. M&M's. Peanut M&M's. Peanut, are that's, that's the go-to? So, yeah, I'm giving dots to my dad though. I like dots, but he loves dots more than I. So giving those away. No, I'm I'm a I'm a crunch bar kind of guy. Like I've always liked those those and crackles. You know, candy that, that have those like little rice crispy type things in the yeah, inside. It like oh, a hundred so grand maybe. Does that have it as well? I saw I that in a lot of the variety packs as well. Bar. Yeah, take yeah, fives. Yeah. Severely underrated. Like pretzel with all that stuff. Are you oh, kidding? so good, so good. Okay, so my underrated kind of go-to that nobody really seems to like or doesn't respect for whatever reason is milk duds like those little milk duds love those I always do how those. they get stuck in my teeth so much yeah that that's the only issue reese's the halloween reese's so any holiday reese's are always better and here this is a true fact one of my best friends growing up works for reese's uh, or works for hershey <laughs> company. Butter to chocolate uh, right, ratios. Right. So, so the <laughs> ratios are different there are less preservatives in those Halloween, Easter, Christmas. That Now, they're more expensive because they're the seasonal ones, but their recommendation is that you get a couple of bags of those Reese's eggs or Reese's pumpkins, throw them in the freezer, pull out like two or three at a time, and that's how you can enjoy those really Perfect. solid, like really well-made Reese's. Which one do you all like the best? I'm, a, I'm an egg guy, Reese's. Yeah, I, like the, I, think I, get I like the, the Christmas ones, the trees. Those oh, are really? Good. No, no. I think egg, for whatever reason, it seems like it has just the most on-point ratio. Peanut butter. It has more peanut butter than chocolate. Yeah, yeah. you, you got you to gotta have that nice salt. Yeah, I think it has too much peanut butter. butter. That's what I like, like the trees. There's more ridges for chocolate and whatnot. Okay, that makes sense. That does make sense. Like, it's kind of, yeah, I, I, I get it. You guys all have great points. Uh, the last one that I'll point out, too, they come up with these special Halloween candies. I love the little white chocolate. Uh, Hershey bars. Oh God, yeah. Oh, I'm a sucker for white chocolate. I mean, same. Those are just so underrated, and I feel like kids these days don't know about those. Uh, but yeah, if you're... white chocolate's not natural; like it's made in a laboratory. I, I thought you could I, just. I, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't know. know. Same as same as cacao pods, but apparently not. Speaking of made in a laboratory, how about Lamar Jackson this weekend? Unbelievable! That dude is an immortal god. When his play, when his fellow players are actually catching the ball. When he's getting a little time in the pocket, I mean, Lamar will just mess around and throw up a perfect QBR game on you for no reason at all. 
uh, out of nowhere against one of the best defenses is in, in the NFL. And four weeks later, people will tell you he can't throw. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, Lamar, more than any player that I've ever seen, people will wait for him to have one bad play to point it out and just totally ignore the fact that he's literally just eviscerated some of the best defenses. One of the, one of the best, not just quarterbacks, but football players to ever touch the field. Like he's just, he's just that dude. I'm not going to give Lamar too much too much praise because I had to face him in fantasy this week. Ah, so, that's why you draft him first round. And then I, I faced both. I faced both him and Travis Kelsey. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I uh, that was a was a two hitter quitter right there. Well, I had David Montgomery and somebody else like two weeks ago when they had that thirty point game. There was mm. like, oh P- Puka, he had David <laughs> Montgomery and Puka when they both put up thirty mm. points. And I was like, what, what are we even doing here? This is stupid. Other players in the NFL this week. Uh, Tutu scored a touchdown. I don't know if it was intentional. The Rams had the ball at the opposing 40 or 45. Uh, Matt Stafford was trying to hit. Uh, who's the freaky good white guy on their team? Oh, Cooper Cup. Cooper yeah. Cup. Uh, Tutu stole a ball bit. from Cooper Cup? Co- yeah, Cooper took That's the awesome. ball or took took his route <laughs> a little bit too deep to the back pylon. Uh, Tutu took advantage because the, the throw was basically straight up to the goal line uh so so tutu kind of just improvised and caught it and hey, i've been there fuck it tutu's down there somewhere exactly see exactly. exactly that was honestly like scott satterfield year one it was just either just <laughs> throw a bomb to tutu or just <laughs> hawk left hawk right <clears throat> <laughs> uh yeah yeah broke don't re- fix it <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yeah diaby uh with his first fumble recovery this weekend as well uh, so shout out to Yaya as well. Any other things in the NFL that you guys saw this week that you felt was impressive? I feel like this was such a weird week in the NFL, which sucks. But I, I couldn't help but laugh at the fact that the Falcons also did what Louisville did and that they turned the ball over three times in the red zone, but they ended up fucking winning. Like, Leave it to the San X boy to turn the ball over in the red zone. <laughs> other things in the round table. I saw this, so I threw it in there. Vince thought it was spam. Uh, but <laughs> I, I definitely this. thought somebody hacked our. I was like, "What?" So this came this came up because Stephen A. Smith was talking about it. Uh, somebody put a some a group of ladies, unidentified ladies, made a list of places that men. I don't know. She looks pretty identifiable in this picture. <laughs> that looks like an identifiable person. Right yes, there. but right. I don't know. Who, I don't know who this lady is. I'm sorry, I've never seen her before. So if she's an in- influencer and you're listening and you know who we're talking about, I have no idea. But. A you list know. of places that 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 this woman or this group of women refused to go on on a first date. So I'll just quickly list them off, and you guys just tell me where she's just totally wrong, that you, you should be able to take a woman on the first date. Cheesecake Factory, like right off the bat. Cheesecake Factory. Oh, yeah, that's, that's doable. Cheesecake Factory is expensive, bro. Like, okay, if you go and you have, like, appetizer, drinks, main course, and you both get a piece of cheesecake, you're talking a buck fifty right there. Butter bug, dog. I'm not eating there. <laughs> Now, number two, uh, Applebee's. Okay. That's not me. Do not take a girl to Applebee's for a day. No, not at all. What? $1 margaritas? Man. Yeah. yeah. Find out Applebee's, time. Applebee's has date rapey vibes. Let's go over these very quickly, though. <laughs> Chili's, <laughs> Chipotle. I, I, I get Chipotle. Well, I, Olive Garden. I kind of agree with that one. The movies. What's wrong with the movies? Go to the movies on a first what day? is wrong with the movies? I was joking about Applebee's, but the movies is a bit absurd. On a first date, I, I never understood going to, to the movies to hang out. It shouldn't be weird for people to go to the movies by themselves. Like, I get that it was a social event when we were kids. But as an adult, 
you're not going to the movies to talk. And when you are in the movies and somebody else is talking, that's the most annoying thing of all time. I've walked out of movies because other people were talking and got and got a refund because people would not shut the hell up. Uh, so I don't understand the concept necessarily going to the movies. I get, though, if you go on a first date to a nice restaurant or something and you want to have like a, you know, go to the movies, you know, first chance, to like hold hands, that kind of stuff. I get that. But don't just go straight to the movies. Don't like meet there. For like Harold and Kumar, go to White Castle. Like that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Keep going, keep going. Keep going. Uh, your house—that's that seems obvious. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an obvious one. I'm I'm with that one. Any fast food chain, I'm with that. Yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings, I get that. Wingstop. I feel like I get. I feel like nine and ten get classified under eight. True. Yes. Yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings and Wingstop are pretty much fast food. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Red Lobster, borderline. Borderline. Yeah. Cheddar biscuits are pretty elite. They're pretty elite, yep. and it's pretty high class to walk in and see your meal just crawling around. So there's that as well. Um, a buffet, I get that. That's kind of weird. Buffets yeah. kind of gross me out in general. Like if it's a Chinese buffet, I get it. Like it's it's I'm, it's going to be Vince on his way home from the gas station. I get that. But if it's like a like do do not take me to do not take me to Golden Corral. No, no, I I can no. take. Someone went to Golden Corral, man. Let's see what else. What else we got? IHOP. Wait, 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 wait. Does this get classified under the buffet menu? Brazarios, Brazilian Steakhouse downtown. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't no, count. That, that's it's, that's fifty, its own fifty dollars all you can eat. Although, if you're planning on scoring on the first date, kids earmuffs. If you're planning on scoring on the first date, <laughs> do not take a girl to Brazarios. That's just a terrible idea. <laughs> Hell no. Honestly, I would say most of these are a terrible idea if, you, if you're planning on that. Um, I hop Denny's. I get that. The gym. The gym's kind of cool for like, you know, gym. I'm definitely not trying to talk to you at the gym. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, it could be if you met at the gym, it makes sense to have a quote unquote gym date to kind of break the ice. Like you guys the can first do like, date, work out together. Well, say you met at the gym and you're like, hey, do you uh... want to meet? You want to meet at noon and then we can get some protein shakes after? Like, that's kind of cute. Like I can see that working. I can see like, yeah, that's a great meet cute. Uh, quickly going over some of these church. Hell no. Uh, Starbucks. Starbucks. I get though, like a coffee shop date. We're probably going to get some scones and hang out for a while. Yeah. You're probably going to leave smelling like burnt coffee beans. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, ice cream dates. Again, ice cream dates are great. That's like, yeah. that's what dates are all about. I don't, I don't know why you couldn't do that. As long as it's part of it. If you're just like, let's meet for ice cream. But again, like, I think that dating should be no stress. Like, you shouldn't be under any obligation to spend $300 on somebody. You, there's a good chance that you might never see them again. Like, it's it's seems much more realistic to, for you guys to grab a scoop than go out and go to Brazeros and, and get the, you know, get the $80 option. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you can get, like, the $50 option, the $80 option. But I digest. Family functions, yeah, dude, that's all. That's just weird. Yeah, dude, yeah, that's just weird. Wedding, wedding. What if it's a wedding? Definitely not. I've now, if, if you knew each other, like, oh, let's, let's go to. The, you know, if, okay, for instance, like me and Megan knew each other for three years before we ever started dating, so it, it would be different. Like if we went to uh, to like a wedding together or something, that'd be different. But if right. if you like meet on Tinder, Bumble, yeah, Hinge, whatever. Like that, yeah. Farmer, going, farmersmeet.com. Yeah. Well, especially because that's like a memory. That's a memory. You're going to someone's wedding. Like, you don't want to be this random person 
in somebody's wedding picture. Like you, you're literally at that point, you're just like Vince Vaughn. You like need that's just, picture. <laughs> that's that's true. You 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 need to be the picture taker. Like there needs to be some rules in place. Uh, very quickly, so we can move on here. Uh, somewhere that requires a long drive. It depends. If you're it's expecting a nice date, you might have to go on a long drive. Like you can't have have it both ways. Bowling? Why not? Bowling's a bowling's a great date in my opinion. Bowling's fun. Yeah. No. Okay. Bowling, bowling's awesome. And, and, and you guys haven't tried this. I have a patented bowling date move. Um, I've actually done this to Megan before. But you when? go up. You go up your first roll, right? Like you're talking shit. You're talking a big game. Like there's no way you're gonna beat me. I got this. You're gonna throw your back out, like just talking shit. And then you go up and you just let the ball fly out of your hand and don't even get it down the lane. Like it's wee. Like you're wee bowling. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You just let the ball just like go <laughs> flying behind you and just like you know go bounding down the lane and everybody's staring at her. No, nope, if we're no, going to bowl, I'm going to win. Just like anything. Well, sure, sure, but it's a great putt. putt the the, the point is, oh sure, sure. I'm I'm gonna dominate you. Hookah bar, hookah bars, nightclubs. Yeah, of course. A bar just for drinks though? What's wrong with just drinks? Just I mean, hell, I'm drinking right now. <laughs> it, well, are we on a date? Is this a date? Vince, are you taking your shirt off? Vince, right, put your shirt back. <laughs> Vince, put your shirt on. Um, this is not starting 502. Waffle House, honestly, I would love. I would love a Waffle House. Normalized might, Waffle House. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. What about sporting events? The first date cool. to a baseball game seems very romantic. Well, it's not a red game. <laughs> so overall, I think we think that some of them are fair, but there's others that are like, I think Cheesecake Factory is fine. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. Um, a loss can get you at any time. We heard that on College Game Day. Everybody gave is Reese Davis that does College Game Day. Reese Davis, yeah. And 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 everybody gave him a bunch of shit, and then Louisville lost by seventeen. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, oh, Reese, you're so right. Yeah, and the thing is, like, nothing he said was really inflammatory or even wrong. No, I mean, no. he was just saying, like, hey, like, it can happen. Yeah, and yeah. sure it, enough. It happened. <laughs> I think that the reason that people took issue with it was because people saw it as like this was Louisville's chance to receive some praise from from college game day, which is oftentimes few and far between because the ACC is probably on the like, you know, year of, of power five conferences. So they get the least amount of attention, uh, but also because Louisville hasn't been ranked in a while. So people wanted to hear good things from those guys. And they came in and they're basically like, hey, great win against Notre Dame. But this is what happens in the ACC. Uh, teams like Pitt knock off teams like Louisville all the time. Uh, and sure enough, the very next week, UNC loses to freaking Virginia at home. They lost at home to Virginia. Virginia's on their third string quarterback, bro. Like it was, yeah, that's, if you thought that you felt weird and just awful after the Pitt loss, Imagine UNC fans after losing to Virginia. Those two games worried the hell out of me. UVA and Tech. Like I hate these. Like sleep. They feel so sleepy. Feel yeah. so sleepy. Just get through them. Uh, but we were. I mean, we were just talking this past week about you know we expect Louisville to get their third and fourth string guys in against Virginia, uh, and then Virginia beats a top what fifteen team in UNC at yeah, UNC top ten top ten team. Club defeat kind of blows my mind. But but this just kind of. Begs the the question though, is the CW curse real? 
Wow. Certainly seems like it at this point. I mean, it's back to back weeks where a top whatever team has been upset as the clear favorite. I mean, obviously, UNC getting upset by Virginia is in a class of its own, but still. Well, if you watch CW TV show like the three of us have our entire lives, you'll know that like shows and stuff get canceled there and and all the time. Except Supernatural. Yeah, except Supernatural, which is a home run every time. But besides that, stuff stuff gets canceled and canned there. So, you know, I expect football games to happen exactly the same. So I'm just going to fade the CW. Last last thing uh, we'll, we'll get into, and then we really got to move on. Well, two more things, really. Number one, the sign stealing has been a big topic of discussion this week. Vince, Wild. very quickly, talk about how legitimate this is as somebody who's been a part well, of this. I mean, everybody still signs. Like, that's sure. Oh, yeah. does. Uh, to the degree that Michigan's doing it, it's I doubt it's done at all. I mean, like they're literally <laughs> tipping dudes off to other schools to buy tickets. I mean, I was all for it. I was like, I didn't, I don't think that's illegal. I don't see the problem with that. They have the money, and then somebody showed me that it was illegal. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, the, the, good. the fact that he has like there's clear pictures of this guy with. Like it looks like a sign language teaching chart. Yeah. Like he's yeah. and they're all like color coded and or, color coded and organized. Does that indicate to you that that somebody's been actually there in person in the stands looking at these signs, or is this something that you could probably see on TV or on on the tape to kind of figure that out? There's like stuff we would you know obviously watching the TV tapes you could pick up on you know that you would see, but the TV tapes are available to everyone, right? Like you and I could go watch a TV tape exactly. all want and right. sit there and pick at signs and stuff. So that's why I believe that's legal. But what they're doing is just crazy. I mean, Clemson for us was the one that was always notorious uh, for stealing signs and everything, talking about we want to bring a whole extra plane for, you know, quality control, for tying the quarterback's left cleat. And like they, or do they just bring the stupidest role, like roles and stuff. Uh, for people to show up and they end up basically just sitting over there and stealing your signs the whole game. We, that whole week, you know, I think God, my dad taught us like really good baseball signs whenever I was a kid, cause learning the hand signals for football kind of translated really easy to that. Mm-hmm. So we had to switch them up at the beginning of the week. And what I would do was I would give the formation, I would give dummy signals and then there would be like, I touch my nose or rub my shirt, touch my belt buckle or rub my arm or anything that indicates to the player that, okay, now look at the sign. Now you're getting the play. Now you're getting the motion. So I might just do like some BS and then, okay, touch my arm and everything's going now. And then we'd usually do like a kill sign too. So like either like a gun pointing at the quarterback or, you know, right. Touch the throat, anything. But in my opinion, Stuff like that just confuses people more. Yeah. You know, why would you change signals up in the middle of the week? You know, just let it right. ride. In a lot of ways, in a lot of instances, if players like know, you know, yeah, they'll be able to make the play, but so, a lot of times they'll overthink it and mm-hmm. think something's coming this way and it's really not coming that way. And now they're misaligned out of place and shit's going the wrong way. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. I think it's fair game. And, I mean, I'm even for them shipping people off to go <laughs> and steal the signs. I didn't know it was illegal. So Yeah, yeah. I was about uh, to say yeah, it's, it's very illegal. <laughs> this, I think this will actually, some good will come of this. Uh, number yeah, one, it'll kind of, 
I think, well, I think it'll make some of these teams like the Clemsons and Ohio States and Alabamas who just have more coaches than they do players between quality control and staffers, uh, you know, it'll kind of make them kind of second guess themselves a little bit because uh, it seemed like Clemson always had, no matter how, how prepared Louisville came, Clemson always had that leg up on the competition. Number one, just because of the talent gap and number two, because they were always winning because of these little tiny bullshitty things that just added up to just a one possession, uh, one play, one yard type of win. And that's so frustrating to Louisville fans. So, in a sense, I understand a lot of people who have played Michigan and just gotten creamed after them stealing their signs in this manner. Like, I, I get it, man. Like, uh, it, you know, in, in, in a way it's fair, but I think the good that's going to come from this is that people are going to finally be receptive to the coaches being able to, to speak directly to and whoever the leader is on the defense. And then we can finally get rid of this bullshit that's just – you know, it's, it's it's similar to like uh, the college basketball halves versus quarters. Why does NCAA basketball specifically have to be halves when every other form of basketball is quarters, right? Same with college football with, with this. Like, what is the point? Like, every other level of football, uh, the coaches can radio to a player's helmet uh, yeah. for a certain period of time. Yeah. They even have high school football teams now with these freaking things on their face masks where the play pops up in front of their eyes. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's pretty sick. No, no, no. I will be old man sitting on a stone <laughs> and shaking my finger. No, 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 no. You can well, take away my Oklahoma drill. You can take away Bull Not Ring. so fast. Take away this. All right, Lee Corso. Um, final thing, Vince, before we get to a commercial break here. This Saturday morning, we need to, I need to partake in your ritual. We need to get our mojo back. So tell me what time I need to meet you at the gas station and what we'll be ordering. And if anybody wants to meet us, they can. Uh, well, it'll be at the five-star and J time, probably around 930, and we'll be getting a fried bologna egg and cheese sandwich. And okay, so are, are, what do I need to come be? At a coffee. You, coming from where you're at, I'd already have a coffee in me. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. get another coffee while I'm there. Coffee, Red Bull, whatever you want to do. Uh, Saturday mornings, I like to get a little amped up and ready to go. So I definitely go with like Red Bulls. Notice yeah. how I said Bulls. And then, <laughs> and then yeah. you got to hit, you got to play Tanya Tucker, Delta Dawn. Oh, well, that's obvious. With yeah. the with the windows down because it's the Saturday morning, just the breeze hits. You smell, I mean, you smell the freshness in the air and it, it's just football. How about we sit on the tailgate of your truck in the five-star parking lot, blast Delta Dawn, chug a Red Bull, and eat these these bologna sandwiches that are absolutely going to destroy my butt? No, they won't. It's it's fine. It's you'll be okay. okay. See, I'm, I'm concerned. So we got a three thirty game, so I got to time this right. No, you'll be you'll you'll be fine. You will. All right, be fine. all right. And if for whatever reason I can't make it out there, I will find a, a, a five-star gas station. And I will enjoy this bologna sandwich. My only concern is that we're going to run into a bologna sandwich that's been sitting under a heat lamp for like 45 hours. That's not true. I've went in there at like 1050 and got one and I've been fine. Okay. If if they've been sitting under the lamp for longer, it's better because the cheese is all gooey and melted and it's all warm and the bun's all soft and everything. Come on. There is a point. You're in the game. It's, it's, It's like that McDonald's French fry that's perfectly cooled. And you go to take a bite, and then you have to pick up the phone for a minute, and you go back, and the, the French fry is just like ice cold brick 
And that that's what I'm worried about. That's no, that's my concern. We'll here. That doesn't happen at five star. They call it five star for a reason. It's five. I was about star. to say it's it's not three star. It's five star. Yes, exactly. Okay, we'll we'll make it happen. If you guys want to meet me and Vince at the five star gas station Saturday around nine thirty Eastern time, depending on how Friday night goes, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if it's actually nine thirty. Uh, but shoot us a DM. <laughs> we'll meet you there at the five star. Uh, before we get to a break, little fans, you probably already know sports betting. It's live in Kentucky. Sports betting sites are offering new bettors tons of awesome bonuses to get started. Uh, and you guys need to be taking advantage. We've made it super easy. Put all our favorite promos into one list for you. Check all our best sportsbook promos at bit.ly. That's bit.ly slash state of Louisville. So you can maximize your first bets. Also, each time you sign up for one of our promotions, you're directly supporting this podcast. So if you're looking to sign up for any new Kentucky sportsbooks, Head over to bit.ly slash state of Louisville. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash state of Louisville. Offers are only available for new customers who are 18 plus or 21 plus. It's like sports books and physically present in Kentucky. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, please call 1 800 Gambler. We'll be right back after this commercial break. After. I spent considerable time today trying to break down this Duke defense, trying to figure out what they do well. Uh, to me, guys, uh, I kind of had this epiphany today uh, when I was grabbing lunch. I that saw a commercial. You, okay, so so food commercials when you're hungry. Food commercials when you're hungry, they just they they know how to get you. And I saw a Raising Cane's commercial, and I was like, I got to stop and grab some Raising Cane's. And, when I was in the drive-through today, getting my raising canes, that Duke football is raising canes. You just you only have to be know how to do one thing and do it really well to have a successful outcome, and that's 100% Duke football. Just like raising canes, all they make, all they make there is chicken fingers, French fries, coleslaw, ice cream. They don't have they don't have an ice cream machine that breaks every five minutes. Oh, and they have they have toast. Yeah, don't, don't forget the toast, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm so sorry. They, for toast they don't time. even don't even have a chicken finger sandwich. They don't have substitution. They actually do have a chicken finger sandwich. Do they and have a chicken finger sandwich? And I can they substitute do. the sandwich bread for Texas but, toast. But think about this. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Elmo Paul. Like you can they they have like six pages of menu, but really it's like the six same ingredients. Like you, you yeah. it's a it's just uh, you know what I, I, what's the saying. Where, That's more like Taco Bell. Taco Bell is yeah, definitely the beef, chicken, beans, and cheese. It's, it's just in different forms. Lettuce mixed in different forms. And it's crazy how different they can taste, right? Like, and, and how many different things you can do. It's just, it's fascinating. But that's Duke football, right? Duke football is defense and running the ball. And that's it. They're as, about as old school as it gets. And they're incredibly disciplined. Uh, when when you're watching this this Duke tape, I think that's the thing that stands out the most. Like they set the edge better than any team that I've watched. Uh, you know, of Louisville's future opponents this year, better than Notre Dame, better than NC State. Uh, and NC State and Notre Dame have just have a lot of talent and they have a lot of uh, continuity. Uh, Duke is just a really really well coached football team, especially on the defensive end, and they just they they just do what they do, just really well. I mean, this is. 
it's going to be a physical game for sure, just because of the, that's just their identity of the team. Like you said, Prez, I mean, they're running back t- uh, tandem of Jordan Waters and Jock Moore. I mean, they're probably one of the better one, two punches in the ACC. I mean, it's always helpful to have like a guy like Joar Jordan to like get as many carries as he can get. But I mean, he's going to come out at some point. And then, but with Duke, you've got Jordan Waters, and he's he's a very capable, very good RB one for Duke. But then you take him, you take him out, and then Shock Moore is going to come right behind him, and you know have minimal talent drop off. Not saying that in Louisville's case, you're you're not going to have a ton of talent. You're going to have a talent drop off with you know Isaac Grindo and Maurice Turner. But I mean, with Duke, the talent drop off is a lot less steep. And then defensively they don't really have like a ton of weaknesses. I mean, they haven't, they haven't been super great at defending the run this year, but on the back end, they've got an incredible secondary. I mean, almost every opponent they've faced this season, like the opposing quarterback has had like a little bit of struggles, like to throw the ball against, you know, well, minus Jordan Travis, but you know, he's in the Heisman talk. So that's a different Jordan Travis is Jordan Travis, man. Yeah. Um, my thing is, is are we going to be able to run the football against this defense with Renato being out and a question mark right now with Jaws? And I mean, it's I mean, just not knowing anything with Jaws makes me extremely nervous. Not that See, like Matt's like reading, the, like he's, go ahead, go ahead. Reading between the lines, I think Jaws and Jarvis should play. It doesn't sound like there's super super major injuries. Because, I mean, Jarvis is just a foot injury that just, like, flared up. Like, nothing in that pit game, like, caused it. It was just something he'd been kind of been dealing with. So, it's just, like, a rehab type thing. So, I think he should be fine. And the way that Braum was talking about Jaws, I mean, yeah, he didn't really practice during the bye week. He did all rehab work. But it sound. I mean, Braum used the phrase strong rehab work um, on Sunday. So, I'm, I would assume at some point this week he does see like actual practice but that that's just a guess right there but it it sounds like there's a greater chance that he would play than he wouldn't play so i'm not too terribly concerned with you know the injury concerns for Lowell. if anyone needs to be concerned heading this into this game with injuries it's duke right riley leonard i mean he had that high ankle sprain he had to miss what was it two games and then he yeah. comes into Florida State you know plays okay but I mean he he's playing within Duke's system and while he was in there Duke was still able to run the ball because of you know how well they can you no know, run the ball so uh, I text uh one of our trainers who's not a trainer anymore he doesn't do anything with that college athletics or pro athletics or anything that's why I was comfortable texting him. And I was like, so what are the odds like somebody's capable of playing like this? And I mean, he essentially said that it's going to be hard because it's a re-aggravation, like we said. So, I mean, that's going to be difficult on its own. And it's basically dependent on his willingness to get a shot and how tough he is. You know, that's that's basically it. And I don't know. I saw that uh game day special they did on riley leonard and his mom talking about his mom just basically tells him he sucks <laughs> all the time which is which is hilarious but that's funny he yeah. seems like a tough kid who you know I, I don't know man i i don't know if i'd put it past him that he's playing and 
even if he does, I mean, it's like a wounded deer sitting back there at that point. See, see, the thing is, because Riley Leonard, he he's not like a scrambler by any chance. Right. But I mean, running is part of his game. I mean, you can't be a statue. Yeah, he's the, he's got 339 rushing yards on the season and and four rushing touchdowns. I mean, running is part of his game. And if you have a high ankle sprain, especially one that you're you've reaggravated, reaggravated, excuse me. I mean, that's going to impact how the offense flows and we saw how the offensive flow was impacted when Riley Leonard had to come out. Now granted, I'm not trying to compare Florida State's defense to Louisville's. Louisville's got a good defense. Florida State's defense is really good. They've got five-star talent all over the board. But the second that he came out and then, because, I mean, let's be honest, both quarterbacks struggled for Duke in this game. But the second that Leonard came out, Florida State started loading the box more and then basically trying to tell Henry Beal in the fourth, hey, throw the ball, which he really couldn't. And then now that you have the front seven kind of creeping up on the line of scrimmage and kind of styming Duke's rushing attack, they couldn't do anything. And that allowed Florida State to fire off all the fourth quarter scoring that they had. It's, yeah, I'm anxious to see this backup quarterback, Matt. I mean, anxious to see him with the full week of preparation. Uh, I mean, he's played four games and just hasn't had stellar stats at all. So, I mean, a lot like Florida State. Hopefully we stack the box up, stop the run, and uh, see what the boys can do manned up on the outside. So my sister is a friend of the show, notable medicine doctor. I text her random stuff like this all the time, and I sent her the first video of Leonard getting hurt against Notre Dame. I said, what do you think the odds are that a guy comes back from a high ankle sprain seeing this video uh, in 20 days. And she said, in order for him to even return to normal activity, he'd have to get a steroid injection at the spot of the injury at least every other day, if not every day, which is not exactly ideal. Uh, and on top of that, she said it's still not smart at all. Uh, I've had multiple high ankle sprains. And when you have a high ankle sprain, you basically have no mobility between like right above your ankle bone and right below your knee. There's basically no mobility. And if you watch Riley Leonard, he basically can't, he can hardly put any weight on that leg before he re-aggravated it uh, last week. Um, so basically the, the timeline was he was hurt against, against Notre Dame essentially on the last play of the game. Uh, it looked like a brutal injury. I remember when I was watching, I was like, that dude's out for the season. There's no way he's playing again this season. Uh, according to WebMD, uh, you know, obviously take this with a grain of salt, but I'd say this is about right. Recovery time is conservatively six to eight weeks to quote unquote return to normal activity. And playing division one football as a quarterback is not normal activity. See, my, my thing is, with what your sister said and with what WebMD says and with what my guy was saying, like, it's all dependent on Riley Leonard. And if he's a dog, I mean, not a dog, but if he's tough enough to be able to do it. And, I mean, I'm not knocking him if he can't because that fucking sucks. I don't think I could be able to do it. Right. But it's just Gigi Robinson tweeted it out because they were talking about him bouncing on his leg and stuff pregame. And Gigi basically said from experience, if you can bounce on that ankle like this after high was spraying, I'd say you're good to go. And people aren't taking into account how much treatment and how much 
energy goes into getting a athlete of this caliber, one that you know gives you a much better shot of winning a football game, like what it takes to get him back. I mean, he's probably in the training room at 7.30 in the morning and doesn't leave until that evening. Yeah, yeah. it's around the clock rehab. Yeah. when when And, I mean, he definitely can't be getting shots like patting his ankle, in his ankle every every other day or whatever either. So, ah, man, that's that's a tough situation to be in. That kudo, Hats off to him if he does end up playing, in my opinion. I mean, I don't do that very often to do athletes in general. But <laughs> no, I mean, this guy's obviously tough as nails. Uh, so you have to, if if nothing else, you have to respect the fact that he even tried to play. He wanted to go back in against Florida State. Uh, dude's yeah, I'm shocked anyone cares that much about Duke football. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> so Duke, just to put this in, into perspective, Duke led against Florida at Florida State prior to the re-exacerbation of the injury. They led 20 to 17. Leonard goes down about six minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, prior to that, he was seven for 16, which isn't great. 44% for 69 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, so not exactly incredible stats, but as a game manager and at the, the way that he was playing, he made Florida State respect him. He made Florida State, uh, e- even though he wasn't completing passes, he was – still able and capable of running the offense. I mean, you have to respect him. It's the same as the Lions having a Megatron out there whenever he couldn't plan off his left ankle. Right, right. Like, he, he told right. Matt Stafford pregame, like, hey, don't, if you see me on this side, you know I got to break off on this left ankle. Don't even throw me the ball. But right. Having me out there will draw two other guys to me. So very, very similar type of concept. I mean, and he was kind of slanging that thing, and especially like in the first quarter. Like he was making FSU secondary – uh, respect him, and that's enough to kind of not be able to send the house, right? He like so much adrenaline in, running through his body. He oh had my God. <laughs> that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's what I wonder though is when he retweaked that that ankle. If that, you know, you already basically don't have any ligaments right now in your ankle. I know that's a that's not a very medical term, right? But but <laughs> he's he's not in any way remotely close to being healed yet uh so anyways after the exacerbation of the injury florida state ends up winning 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter uh Beelin came in their backup quarterback he was one for six for seven yards uh dukes what while florida state scoring 21 points dukes next three drives they had negative yards uh they had 35 total yards without leonard in the game uh, and 38 of that was on the last drive while they were down 18 um, so without Riley Leonard for five quarters, they have 336 total yards, 114 passing yards, and 69 of those were on one play on a kind of a, what do you call it? Like a hitch and go, uh, 69 yard touchdown pass. Nice. Uh, and then they've had 225 yards rushing. So that's against that's in four quarters against NC State and a quarter and a half ish against Florida State. So not exactly stellar uh, statistics, uh, but really the the whole thing that, and this is really what I get into the most, is they just really ham and egg it well. Uh, against NC State, they had uh, Duke had success, mild success in the passing game early. They had that sixty nine yard hitch and go to go up ten to nothing. Uh, 
they forced NC State to turn the ball over and almost returned it for a touchdown, similarly to how they did uh, against Florida State. So kind of a similar concept. And then they had a, a they ran a solid play from like the eight yard line for a second touchdown pass. So he had Beeline Beeline had two touchdown passes and like five five total passing attempts. Uh, and then they basically just shut it down and just ran the ball the rest of the game against NC State. And they were successful in doing so just because they had that very mild level of success early on against NC State. So that would be my concern uh, if you're a Louisville fan is, you know, just keeping early on, just keeping Duke everything in front of you, right? Like Beelan's not a guy that's going to just come in and win the game passing the ball, in, in my opinion. If he does, then we have a lot, a lot more problems than we realize, I, I'd say. Uh, obviously, without Jarvis Brownlee, uh, things were a mixed bag against Pittsburgh. Uh, a lot of a lot of Storm Duck, a little bit of Marcus Groves, Killebrew, um, but overall, uh, that that's what I'm concerned with. If you're a Louisville fan, is just you don't want to get down ten to nothing against Duke because Duke can just turn this into like a they'll get the ball four more times the rest of the game and just run it and run it and run it and then play excellent defense and then wear your defense down and beat you in some bullshit like 17. Yeah, J- Jeff will be thinking he's back in the freaking Big Ten. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you, against a team with a defensive makeup like Duke, you don't want to have to get into a position where you have to pass the ball because defensively their bread and butter is in the secondary. They're one of the top secondaries in all of college football and all of the ACC. So if you get down by two scores in the first quarter or the first quarter plus, and you have to start relying more on the pass game to kind of make up ground, that's not going to bode well for Louisville, especially with kind of how Jack Plummer has been up and down shall we say this season i mean it, and plus it depends on which version of jack plumber we see because there have been times this season where we see a jack plumber who's not just a game manager but is a guy who is going to make a legitimate difference in how louisville stretches the ball and then there are times where i don't know what the hell he's looking <laughs> at like the his interception towards the end of the NC State game. I still think about that because I, I, it is such a befuddling interception. And then he just his, his overall. My thing with Plummer is that he's still a very good quarterback. I want to get that out of the way first and foremost. But for a sixth year senior, his overall awareness and especially like in the pocket isn't what I expected it to be I, I expected it to be a little bit better uh, yeah and and then it really kind of what it goes back to I think is Louisville at home versus Louisville away and Jack Plummer at home versus Jack Jack Plummer away a Louisville benefits immensely from this game being at home absolutely yeah and that's what it goes back to for me I mean it's going to be another raucous crowd it's going to be if, if not sold out, very close to being sold out. Uh, the warmest weekend left in the year, regardless of if there's a chance of rain or not, it doesn't look like it's going to be thunderstorming or like you're not going to be able to just go in, underneath the, in the concourse for five minutes and come back out and it's sunny again. 
that's what it looks like the kind of afternoon that we have ready. Uh, so I think Louisville fans are going to come ready. Uh, you know, we haven't obviously this is the first game since Notre Dame, so it's been uh, what feels like an eternity uh, since since Louisville's last home game. Um, it the Jack Plummer that we've seen at home much less of the as you described it, Matt, befuddling mistakes. I mean, Boston College was the 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 version of, of Jack Plummer that we everything in, that we could have hoped for and more, right? Incredible he, he had five that, touchdowns total. He had four passing. Okay. To my point, had uh, you know, an excellent rushing touchdown as well. Everything that you want to see out of Jack Plummer was there. Uh, and very similarly against Notre Dame, an excellent game manager. Didn't make any of the dumb mistakes that we saw against NC State and Pittsburgh. Uh, that's the Jack Plummer. What and I guess the first half against Georgia Tech as well. That's the Jack Plummer that we all know and and, and expect. Uh, and that's the Jack Plummer I'd, I'd probably expect to see against Duke. But that's the that's the guy that you need. Like the if Louisville lose, loses the turnover battle, uh, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball because again, if Duke gets any sort of lead, if Duke gets anything going on offense. It just makes their defense that much more dangerous. The fact that they know that they can they can move the ball. Uh, the other storyline that, that I would get into as well, Jeff Brom, I pulled the numbers off of bye weeks. At Purdue, it was really a mixed bag. So 2022, notably lost to Iowa. And again, they went to the Big Ten championship game, but off of bye week, they lost to Iowa 24-23. to 23. Uh, In 2021, that, that was off of bye week when they went to number two Iowa and beat them 24 to seven. So kind of a weird dynamic there. One year they go to Iowa and upset a team that's, that's looking to make the college football playoffs, destroy them. Actually the next year at home, they take a huge L 24 to three, 2020. We won't count because of COVID because they had so many games canceled in the big 10, uh, 2019 lost to Minnesota 38 to 31. That just feels gross. Uh, um, they had a good quarterback at the time. Tanner yeah, Moore, I mean, yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota was a pretty good. damn good quarterback. Yeah, they're pretty was, solid. But was Mo Ibrahim there? Yes. Or was that too far back? Um, I feel like he was nineteen post COVID. Nineteen, yeah. Nineteen yeah. still fickle, or not fickle, but uh, yeah, uh, Ibrahim, Ibrahim, the running back. Oh, the running back. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think he might have been post COVID, uh, but still, yeah. they, Luke Fickle's first few squads were pretty solid at, at Minnesota. Uh, still a 38 to 31 loss at home off of a bye. Uh, the year before they went to Illinois and beat them 46 to seven off a bye. Uh, and then 2017, a win against Minnesota off a bye 31 to 17. So, uh, overall really a mixed bag. Seems like Jeff Brom does a lot better off a bye going on the road at, at, at Purdue. Um, but just, just a few things to think about, um, Matt, do you want to get quickly into you typically pull your Matt stats? Drop what you're doing and listen up. It's Matt stats with Matt McGavick. I've I've got a couple. They're not they're not as intensive just because you know crossover season is getting. And no, worse. no, no. We don't need your softball stats, Matt. No, <laughs> I don't care about your batting average. How many errors? Or that sweet stance that Carabos. Hey, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm at catcher. There's not many room for errors there, but uh, yeah, that's because I suck in the outfield. But we won't get to that part. Anyways, um, so the the first stat that I want to highlight, I mentioned earlier how good they are. Um, Duke saying in in coverage, uh, this kind of puts it into perspective. According to Pro Football Focus, their overall coverage grade is 
92.3, which is the not only the best in the ACC, it's the eighth best in the FBS period. And of course, there's there's a, a storyline heading into this game about how like the status of Riley Leonard, what is he going to be available and the, and the impact that he has on the offense. A a, a storyline that's almost as important is is uh, is if Miles Jones, their their star cornerback, is going to play because he's the best cover corner on their team by far. But he's only played in four games this year because he's been hurt. He and how good is he? He's got a ninety point six coverage grade, which is the second best in the FBS with a minimum of a hundred coverage snaps. He only, he's only behind USC safety Caden Bullock. So that's a big storyline there. If he plays, it's going to be an even tougher time for Louisville to try and uh, just stretch the ball down the field through the air. So it's going to be important and for Jack Plummer to be as efficient as he can with some of those shorter throws and kind of the intermediate area. And then my second stat is kind of on the inverse. Duke with their, I mentioned earlier how their run defense was kind of shoddy. Their pro football focus run defense is 69.3, which is 97th in the FBS. There's 133 teams that are operating in the FBS level. So if you're close to the hundreds, you're not too great at it. And kind of highlighting this of the 19 players for Duke who have logged at least 50 run defense snaps, only five have a run defense grade of 70 plus and 70 is above average. And adding to that, eight Duke defenders with 50-plus run defense snaps have a grade under 60, and 60 is average. I know that just grinds the gears of the, the Duke nerdies that are all about their percentages and their academics and all that fluff. <laughs> is Duke one of those academic schools? 100%. <laughs> but anyway, and I say all that to say it's going to be – Regardless if Jawar Jordan plays in this game or not, it will be of the utmost importance to not get behind by a big margin early, but to establish the run game. Because if you can start to take advantage of this Duke front seven, who has been kind of susceptible to the to the uh, the run the last few games, because let me read by these stats. They gave up 159 on the ground to Notre Dame. 112 to NC State, which isn't bad, but then 152 to Florida State. They gave up two two rushing touchdowns to both Notre Dame and Florida State. So as of late, they've been kind of susceptible to, you know, decent chunks of yardage on the ground. So if Jaws, Maurice Turner, Isaac Garindo, if any one of those guys can, you know, get going and really start have the offense playing complementary. That will be a huge key for Louisville in this game from the jump. Yeah, if Jaws can't go, then I definitely would like to see a little bit more Mo Turner. Uh, I love Isaac and think oh, yeah. Isaac is a great running back for the downhill stuff that we need, but Maurice 100% has that big play uh, one-hitter capability where he can take something that's seven into a touchdown for you. So uh, hopefully Jeff leans into that more and doesn't get conservative of – you know, I don't have my, you know, my bell cow. So now I have to, you know, throw the ball more. Oh, yeah, I agree. And and like I said, it, like I've said, at least like three or four times on this podcast already. Anytime you can run step for step with Tyreek Hill, you're doing something right. 
right. so, we're all just yeah. waiting for that Maurice Turner breakout game. It's due, no, man. He's due I'm, for a breakout game. You know what? You know what I think though. I'm just waiting on that Isaac Garendo breakaway. Like he's been so close, probably on three or four occasions this year, where he, he just had that the the last tackler got him by the shoelaces, or else he was gone. Isaac Garendo has very very underappreciated speed. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's for it's, sure. It's, it's easy for that to happen being in a backfield with Jaws and Maurice Turner, two of the faster backs in the ACC. Uh, but Garendo is, you know, he's not he's nothing to sneeze at either. Uh, and, and so I'm interested to see if they kind of utilize Garendo more, if Jaws isn't able to go and go kind of ground and pound, and then all of a sudden you see Garendo just kind of break one. Uh, right. Because that's that's often what happens in those type of situations. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you here and now, that he will break one at some point this season. I just don't know if this will be the game or not. I remember um, talking to a buddy of mine who was on the Wisconsin beat. I'm uh, when Isaac Grindo first uh, committed to Louisville. I kind of looked at his build just by like the numbers perspective, and I thought, okay, this is a guy who's probably like a ground and pound, you know, third down back, pass blocking type. And so I asked him about like, hey, is this? He's probably like this kind of build right he's like no this is he was probably one of the fastest players on the whole team and this is and this is a guy who covers uh, a team who happens to have a, a running back by the name of braylon allen who's one of the better running backs in college football yeah so i mean with, with that in mind I, it, one of those two guys is going to have a breakout game this week and in, in, in my opinion it ju- i just think it just depends on who the hot hand is and most importantly to me, I, you know, we, we talked directly after the Pittsburgh game about, you know, our frustrations with, with the Brahms kind of too quickly getting away from the running game, especially in those conditions on the road, uh, on a sloppy field against a kind of mutter type of team. And they kind of started doing what the kind of pitfall was at, at Pitt or excuse me, at at uh, Purdue, which was they would kind of get into the passing game a little bit too early and a little bit too often. Uh, in reality, they have three just absolutely stellar backs, really quality backs in this backfield. And, and I would like to see them, you know, truly utilize, especially against a team like Duke that can be much more susceptible against the run uh, in, in a game where, uh, you know, ball security is at a premium. If you can get out to a lead like a 14 to three or a 17 to seven type of lead, it's going to be very, very difficult for Duke to get back in this game without forcing turnovers. That's how Duke, you know, Duke got that, that big 17, I believe it was a 17 to seven lead on Florida state because of a pick six, right? Mm-hmm. They, they got, as I suggested earlier, they got out to an early lead, well, NC State took a 3-0 lead, and then they scored 24 straight points and got out to a solid first-half lead on the back of a couple of turnovers from NC State. Uh, so all of this is to say, if Louisville has to play a field position game, I hope that that the coaching staff is patient enough to allow them to do that. I hope that if it's, you know, 7-3, to three, uh, you know, towards the end of the second quarter, that we don't get to, you know, too too involved in the passing game or get too impatient 
and try to just outscore Duke. Uh, I think the reality is that Louisville has a much better offense, especially if Riley Leonard's not playing. Uh, and even if Riley Leonard's playing and he's, you know, at 50%, which is, I think, a, a realistic expectation of him at this point, uh, given everything that we discussed. So uh, most importantly to me, it's just making sure that that Louisville gets off to a hot start on offense and just not allowing Duke to get back into the game doing what it does best. Uh, Duke tries to enforce its will on other teams and has done so very I will be damned if the football team I cheer for gets their will imposed by Duke. Well, no way. Duke nearly upset the 16 team. I don't care who they upset, except for their freaking tummies. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. That's the quote of the night. That's unbelievable. What you just did right there, Vince. That was unbelievable. I, 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 come on, man. Impose their Duke football is going to impose their will on the University of Louisville. I mean, they they did for most of the game against Notre Dame and Florida State, and they sure as hell did. They should have beat Clemson. Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. And you remember, you know, and I should have played two more years of college football. Yeah. You, well, yeah, we can get into that <laughs> at a different time. Um, before we get down too much of a rabbit hole. We did suggest that we have this drawing, uh, and we can get into that now. 42 people uh, gave, a, gave a prediction, so I'll try to do this as quickly as possible. So what I've done is I've just assigned each person that got in before the pod a random nu- – or not a random number, but a number, uh, and then we are going to randomly generate that now. Everybody drunk. Let's see what we got. 37. Okay, so let's go in here really fast, very, very quickly. Super quickly, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37. All right, here we are. Josh Burdick. Josh Burdick. It's air underscore Burdick 20. So, Josh, if you're listening, you have won two tickets courtesy of listener Keith. So, again, shout out to listener Keith for being the man hooking us up. He could have made some money on these due tickets. You said no. I want to give these to you guys. I want you guys to understand how much the fan base appreciates you, how much we appreciate them, blah, blah, blah. It's a big, sappy love fest. We all love each other. But long story short, Joshua Burdick, congratulations, sir. As we get into our predictions, guys. Shout out, Keith. Keith, you're awesome. Keep listening. Keith, yes. Listener Keith. (laughs) By the way, we love the listeners. I think – there's nobody there's there's no more of a love fest among a po- a group of podcasters and a group of listeners than this show with those who listen and that's actually yeah, that's actually pretty genuine like in the in the group chat we, we will always say like Jacob gets super excited as well not to embarrass Jacob but he'll be like uh, he's not here he won't hear this no listener John <laughs> like he literally like he knows you guys by name. So even if we aren't calling you guys out or talking to you guys all the time, we know that you're listening uh, and we do genuinely appreciate it. But as we get into our predictions this week, we are predicting the game winner. And then as we talked about this past week, we're all tied for, for, for the prediction standings. Ben's the only one with enough balls to predict the Notre Dame game. Uh, so that brought him back even with everybody else. <laughs> Obviously, we Woo! all got hit wrong. Um, so that's no fun. Uh, but this week we're going to do the game winner. And if they do or do not cover Jacob's prediction was that Louisville will win 
27 to 20 with the line being Louisville minus four at the time of this recording. That means that he believes that Louisville will cover. So Jacob has Louisville to win and to cover Matt McGavick. I will go to you next. I've got Louisville winning this 28, 24. So I technically it would be a push, I guess, but we got to pick one. Louisville's going to cover fine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. So Matt's got a 28, 24 covering at the time. So really he's thinking 28 and a half to 24. And that's a gambler's mindset. I love that, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Vincent Lacoco, you're up next, sir. Let's hear this prediction. And now this is, this is a much anticipated prediction. Honestly, like the hate, <laughs> the hate has been very generic at this point, like some just typical things that you would expect Vince to say on any given podcast, but this is your moment. You've been hating on Duke since the moment this off season started and you've not let up. So this is your time. Let's hear what you've got and how much you have Duke winning by. Wow. Wow. Never would I ever pick Duke to beat Louisville in football. Maybe basketball. Maybe basketball. But I'm going 35-3 cards. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're lucky I didn't do a shutout. I just didn't want to sound like even more of an idiot. But 35-3. And that's it. I don't you know, really understand else? spreads and all that other BS. I just come out there ready to win freaking football games. I don't give a damn about any of that shit. Try to, I want Duke to try and impose their will and Louisville. Try. Please. EJ Quinn, if he Thomas, those are coming downhill. There's no shot we lose to Duke. None. There you go. And if the state of Duke happens to come back and listen to this podcast, they're going to have a field day. The just state like of Duke pros. does not exist. They literally – they cover basketball. Basketball and lacrosse. That's it. Their they're little Cameron crazies that show up for, bas- for football games are an absolute joke. I love this. I love this so much. How do you think? Well, how about how about how uncomfortable did the recruits look? Uh, did you all see that video of Duke on Twitter? They had like – No, this, I missed that. They had a scrimmage or something, and they had recruits in the student section with the Cameron Crazies. I've never seen a more uncomfortable looking group of like eighteen year old kids. There's definitely no, there's no more of a juxtaposition between a group of of regular student body and a group of athletes than those between the student body at Duke and their athletic teams, specifically basketball. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about Carlos High School Gym? Shut up. You want to talk about Carlos Boozer, Amir Johnson on campus? <laughs> uh, uh, um, come on, what's the guy's name? That, Did that, y'all see that Carlos Boozer spray today? Shane Battier. Yeah, yes, I did. Uh, oh, um, what about the dude that jumps really high? Um, that's a, uh, Zion? Zion Williamson. Imagine Zion Williamson on campus with those nerds at Duke. It's unbelievable. My, anyway, the funny thing I, is, is they act like those guys like actually attend a class. There's no way. There's no way Zion was actually in any whatever. Screw Duke. Duke, Duke or Coach K is too classy of a guy to ever let that happen, Vince. Come on. Um, I'm going to go. I've been back and forth on this a lot. Uh, I'm a little – I was a little scared coming into today. I did a lot of homework on what Duke brings to the table – I got Louisville 33 to 13. Obviously, that means I have them covering. That means that we all have them covering, which means that we're still going to be tied no matter what after next week. So whatever. Uh, and it, I, I don't I don't know why we let it work out that way. 
one of us should have been the smart one, and especially me. I'm always the, the one that has to go against the grain. Oh, I know. I know. Too much in the cars. Blah, blah, blah. God my, forbid I want our football team to win a freaking game. My thought is that Louisville had a great opportunity to learn from the pit game, and they had a lot of time to sit and kind of stew on this. And thankfully, Duke presents an opportunity to come out kind of have a few scripted drives and try to just take advantage early. Uh, and then if you want to play Duke's game and just, you know, have it be a little bit more boring uh, possession football, that's fine. Uh, but I think if Louisville gets out to an early lead, Duke is going to be forced to play a little bit more towards Louisville's game and have to pass the ball a little bit more. And whether that be Riley Leonard basically throwing and playing on one leg um, or blanking on his name, uh, their backup quarterback. Henry Beal in the fourth. Thank you. Beelin. I apologize, Mr. Fourth. Beelin, which your name was, fourth. but it's just getting late. Uh, Mr. Beal in the fourth. So sorry. Sir Beelin the fourth. <laughs> whether it be Leonard or Beelin. Um, I feel comfortable with Louisville's defense against those guys. Louisville's rush defense has been underappreciated so far this year. Um, and I think that in passing situations, Louisville can leave their corners one-on-one in certain situations and really make things difficult for whoever Duke's quarterback happens to be. Uh, I happen to think that Riley Leonard will try to at least give it a go, try to warm up. I I cannot imagine a scenario where you only see Riley Leonard on Saturday based on everything that we know, based on everything that we've seen. There's either just false information about him having a high ankle sprain or this dude is literally superhuman or Duke has some unbelievable drugs that they're pumping into dude's leg just to get him through these games. I mean that too. (laughs) Either way, uh, when you see a guy like this exacerbate his injury, when he's a guy that's probably going to be a first round NFL draft selection this year, at some point he's going to, ha- they're going to have to look at him too and think of what's best for the, for the athlete. Uh, I know that Riley Leonard doesn't want to think about that right now in the middle of a solid season for Duke. Uh, however, at some point it's going to come to that. You know, if he goes back in this Louisville game and he gets hurt again, they're going to be there. They should at least be smart enough to be like, all right, Let's try to shut this down for a little little bit longer instead of trying to force him into this over and over again. Uh, that remains to be seen. However, that's just my personal prediction. 33 to 13 Louisville. Um, I feel pretty confident in the way that Louisville matches up with this Duke team. If there's anybody that's going to scheme up a game plan, confuse this Duke defense who thrives on confusing opposing offenses, I think it's the Brums. I think that the Brahms are going to do a good job of being able to get Plummer into just one or two read scenarios and that being enough against this Duke defense. You know, we talked about that a little bit in the offseason off as well, that Brahms offense is essentially just a, a one or two read offense. Could be That could serve beneficial against the Duke defense just in the sense that they can draw up some stuff. They can have some pre-planned out, scripted sort of drives and hopefully take advantage and get out to an early lead. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone, unfortunately not Vince, but most everyone out at LM Stadium this weekend. Any final words, gentlemen? 
Duke sucks. Matt, you gonna follow that up? Just got to hope that Louisville's as healthy as they can be. Folks, if you're not making it out to the game, make sure you check out Kern's Corner, best burger and chili in the city. Make sure you hit up all of our favorite gambling picks at bit.ly slash state of Louisville. Until next time, let's get out of here. Go Cards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.